you know how many files are shared outside your organization? Do you know which of your groups or teams are actually being used? ShareGate's got your back. After helping thousands of customers move to Office 365, they have learned that the success in the cloud involves more than just migration. That's why they created ShareGate Apricot, an automated governance platform for Microsoft Teams and Microsoft 365 groups. ShareGate Apricot can help you answer questions like these without placing unnecessary restrictions on your users. With ShareGate Apricot, get full visibility across each team's lifecycle from creation all the way through archival. Automate manual tasks involved in identifying problem areas like inactive or orphan teams. Collaborate with team owners on corrective measures to keep your teams tidy and secure. That's also why they've combined ShareGate Desktop, their trusted migration and content management tool, with ShareGate Apricot in a single subscription so that you have everything you need to be successful in the Microsoft Cloud. Hello, everybody, and welcome <laughs> to another episode of Tech Explaining. I am here with Rob and Brett. Uh, Stephanie couldn't make it today, so she is still in charge of show notes, though, and we'll be sure to by default, make fun of her every chance we get. So how are you guys doing? You know, I am doing absolutely spectacular. It's it's a great day here in the in Tennessee. It's it's the humidity has finally dropped and I feel like it's uh, football season's about ready to start. So it's I'm happy. <laughs> and I'm doing good too. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, been a good couple of weeks. <laughs> good. Yeah, I am uh, in high stress orange alert mode currently. Uh, what, so what you got on? Oh, not much. No, uh, so my conference is next week. You may have heard me mention it on the show once or twice. I mean, I rarely bring it up, though. Um, but I will be doing uh, my conference next week in Branson, Missouri. Maybe you've heard about Missouri on the news lately. But it's been a, quite the adventure to organize it this year. We're doing a hybrid again. So we're having to coordinate the online and the in-person stuff. And and just, you know, just the normal stuff I have to go through every year. And it's it's next week. So it's occupying all my time. So it's, it's great that. You know, our, our um, two podcasts that we do every every year, uh, one of them is post-conference, one of them is pre-conference. You know, it's, it's all about, yeah. So I think this is just a big um, marketing vehicle for my conference is all this podcast is, by the way. So, uh, but no, it's, it's, it's going well. It'll be a lot of fun. Very cool. So, so what, uh, what sort of sessions have you got going on and, and what speakers, yeah, what can people expect from the event? Because I, I assume it's not too late to sign up. <laughs> no, it's not too late, actually. You can uh, sign up because it is online. You can sign up, you know, up until the moment the conference starts. And uh, I guess the cool thing this year is uh, we have a, a full day Power BI workshop, and that's actually going to be done by Adam Saxton and uh, Patrick Blanc from, the, from Microsoft. So these are like heavy hitters in the Power BI space. So kind of the, the, you know, the people who wrote the book are actually doing the workshop. So that's going to be really, really cool. Um, and then we're also starting to do a lot more Viva stuff as that, uh, as Viva rolls out, as new features roll out. So we're doing a full day workshop that's going to cover syntax and topics. And we're going to do some sessions on insights, connections, um, and I think you did something on Viva Learning. So all that coupled with we're doing a keynote on Wednesday with Jeff Teeper. So we're going to basically have a, a conversation. I didn't want a, a, can, a keynote that was kind of curious stuff. I wanted it to be more interactive. So we're going to be just chatting, asking questions. And it's, yeah, it's going to be great. 
Fantastic. I hope you guys can attend, uh, attend in person or virtually. So we'll see. Absolutely. This, no, this is probably perfect. the most stressed I've seen you in a, quite some time. So it's it's it's. Uh, I hope it goes. I think it's going to go well. I think you've done a, enough planning at this point. It's probably on autopilot that you don't you don't even realize it, but it's all on autopilot. Well, point. it is, and it's, for the most part, it is. And it's just the fact that I've got to you know pack up you know two trucks with stuff to take to the convention center because I got to make sure I have everything and don't miss everything. And I don't rent projectors because they're like seven hundred dollars to rent and they're like four hundred dollars to buy. So I've got all that stuff I've got to make sure to bring. I've got 12 projectors now. So if you guys ever need to borrow a projector, you know, you can borrow one from me. That, that kills me about uh, events. It's hilarious. You know, uh, well, it's, it's not actually. But when you're going to exhibit um, at, at an event in a hotel or, or a convention center and, uh, yeah, you, you get like a, an A4 sheet of paper that's printed out usually from an Excel spreadsheet or, or something like that. And it's got the price list of all the different things that you can rent for your booth. And uh, there's things like a waste paper basket is like $40 a day. <laughs> what? It's crazy. It's like government but, but prices. But somebody just come and empty it, right? Um, and and they're, they're really hot on this stuff. So you can you can actually pay to have your booth space like vacuumed. And those those cleaners that come in every every morning and, and vacuum the booth, you know, they're like checking off. It's like, now there's some polystyrene on there where they've been unpacking boxes or something, but they didn't pay for me to, to vacuum. And all, all they'd need to literally do is go, with a vacuum cleaner and no they won't do that they won't touch your your booth space because you didn't pay for it <laughs> and uh, yeah there's like tvs will be four hundred dollars a day or, or or whatever it is so it, it's amazing there's somebody i bumped into that had the same idea as me you know i really apologize to this uh major superstore that you have over there <laughs> um for uh, yeah buying a tv and then returning it <laughs> because it's absolutely crazy but yeah so, sometimes i actually just give them away so I'll, I'll buy a tv and it's like some lucky guy you know is just walking past is like do you want a tv and they're like yeah so, there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pretty crazy and then on the top of it when you see your bill they add a 21 percent service charge on top of everything so the bill you get at the beginning that's actually not your final bill you gotta add 21 percent to it when they finally give you the final bill that's always fun yeah, it it is uh, absolutely crazy. But uh, sounds like we need to go into the uh, conference rental market. That there's supposed yeah. to be a quite the racket there. Yeah, I've got a bunch of stuff, so let me know. <laughs> yeah, to just pull up in a van outside, and TVs and projectors, and I mean even like furniture. I'd, uh, I've bought bar stools and stuff off of Amazon, had them delivered to convention centers, and then just left them <laughs> because it's it's cheaper to do that than to actually rent the furniture. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a real shame. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there we go. It's good. So uh, you, you got gear to take and swag. I see you have some, some shirts that yeah. you so said I it's very strict. You have to be at the event except for if you're a Texplaining co-host. Is that right? Yeah, Texplaining co-hosts do get uh, shirts. So um, I will make sure I hold one back for you. Okay. Although this year you have a, a choice of two colors. You can do red or gray. So I need to know which color to set aside. I'll, I'll do gray. It uh, goes okay. with the hair and everything. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give Stephanie my uh, my address details so you can ship it. She can put them on the show notes. So uh, Excellent, excellent. Yeah, also have a the speaker this gift this year was actually in, inspired by a Facebook conversation. Um, we had a conversation about pocket knives. And apparently, you know, pocket knives are a normal thing here. You carry That's them around Arkansas, all the time. Yeah. 
It's very well. It's very it like South Southern. But Rob may have one in his pocket right now. Um, but it's a very, and he does. See, it's just a very <laughs> common thing because you never know when you need to open a box or or use it for something. And I remember posting it on Facebook, and I have a very international set of friends on Facebook, and some were just appalled that I would carry a pocket knife. Like, why would you ever carry a pocket knife? It's it's just outrageous. So well, I think Rob's got a story about this actually in the UK, right? <laughs> oh, do you? I do, I do. You you can go ahead and tell it because I think it comes better with your accent and and being from there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, I was a, a member of a Skittles club, and Skittles is not the chewy sweets. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a little bit like uh, bowling in a way. Apart from it's, it's on a table, uh, you have uh, it, uh, you, you, you pins that is like nine pins in a, in a diamond shape, and you've got cheeses which are just like a almost like a flattened ball, a, a plastic ball. They were once upon a time wooden and you'd throw them and you'd, you'd knock your cheeses down and, and so on. So there's a whole, that's right, you'd knock your, your Skittles down. That was the whole game. And um, anyway, Rob was visiting. He was invited along and uh, he just got chatting to a few of the guys there. And uh, and one of them uh, was talking about uh, Rob's son, who was, I think, nine years old at the time. And Rob had bought him a knife a pocket knife but it was a switchblade <laughs> pocket knife <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah they were uh pretty appalled by it and they, they, they said you know what why have you got your nine-year-old son a switchblade pocket knife and he's like because he's a boy <laughs> <laughs> they looked at me like i was from the moon or something <laughs> yeah but, so yeah so the speaker gifts this year are a pocket knife a little uh, just a little pocket knife, but it's got their names engraved on it. The speaker's names engraved on it. So, so what brand of pocket been. knife? What the, the 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 question is is what brand of pocket? Oh, knife? you think I'm made of money? It is not a brand of pocket knife. It is a oh. pocket knife. Fine, we'll lie and say it was Case. Is that all case, right? Yeah, case is a good brand. Case okay. is a good brand. Yeah, so it's a it's case adjacent. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> so wasn't there an event? Um, and I'm talking probably 10 or 15 years ago now. It was a SharePoint event, though, that actually gave away guns as prizes or something. It was like a, I think there was one that held a gun as a raffle prize. Um, <laughs> oh, it's one of the what, what, one of the exhibitors, wasn't it? it yeah, it was it's one of the exhibitors. Yeah. That was years ago. It was a long, long time ago. Yeah, I didn't win. I don't remember that. Was, that, was there some controversy to be had with that? Yes. <laughs> 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 Pretty much, yeah. So one of our sponsors, and I'm going to give them a shout out because they didn't have to do this quest, is giving away two $800 Yeti packages with coolers, blankets, tumblers, lunchboxes. I'm like, what? Nice. Seriously? I said, actually only giving away one because I'm getting the other one. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, no, that's so like one Yeti cooler for $800. That's it. <laughs> that's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, and then App Point is sponsoring our attendee party again. We're per buying out all of uh, Andy B's. It's a bowling alley. It's got VR games and karaoke and escape rooms and you know food and drinks. That's gonna be a lot of fun. So thank you, App Point. Very cool. Oh, that's super cool, man. That's super cool. Yeah. I think all around it's gonna be uh, gonna be a great show. It, it looks like um, uh, the the conference center is gonna have. I looked at the sessions earlier, and I think the sessions look really well rounded out. And uh, it looks like it's a couple days full of fun in the sun. Absolutely. You betcha. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, I wish you all the best with it. I'm, I'm sure. Thank you. Excellent. And I'm sorry I cannot be there. Hey, next time. Mm -hmm. 
Like, yeah. I promise to shut up about it for the next 15 minutes and you guys can talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> so I was perhaps going to just, um, I, I know Rob's got a few things to talk about. Uh, there are actual technical things. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I was um, perhaps going to intro uh, this show that we're going to do next week, um, which uh, is, is going to be, we're, we're going to have a couple of um, people on from the National Museum of Computing in the UK here. and. Uh, we did talk about it on the show about 12 months ago because uh, right at the very start of the pandemic, they were in this uh, difficult situation where uh, the landlord, the people that own their their, their uh, property uh, for the museum, weren't giving them any sort of break on you know their rent and, and so on. And yet this is a, a museum that uh, holds the Colossus and bomb uh, computers <laughs> that were used in World War II as uh, Enigma machines and, and so on. So it was a big thing, but they couldn't actually get any donations to the museum because nobody was allowed to visit the museum and, and so on. So um, we helped out where we could, and this was actually introduced by uh, Claire Smith, who's the Microsoft MVP lead here in the UK. She uh, spoke about it on uh, a lunch and learn thing. And um, yeah, there was a few MVPs where their businesses were able to sponsor the museum, keep it going. Um, and also provide some equipment and, and things like that. So, yeah, one of the things that my company did, Lightning Tools, we provided uh, a, a number of uh, Raspberry Pis and things like that because they were teaching codes. They had this thing called a, a Coder Dojo, uh, where they were literally teaching uh, children to code and also um, young adults with uh, autism. And uh, that's what we're mostly going to be talking about on the show next week uh, because they've actually really accelerated this where they've got a whole bunch of um, yeah, teenagers, um, but also uh, yeah, people in their 20s or, or 30s that struggle to get a job um, or, you know, that they've been diagnosed with autism and actually lost their job in, in some cases uh, or, or been demoted or, or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's all about teaching them skills um, and uh, helping to make them more employable. Uh, but also part of the program is to talk to employers about actually some of the benefits of uh, hiring people with autism because you know, a lot of them are, are, are very specialized in, in what they do. They have that right type of mindset uh, and, and so on for, for that type of job. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to having them on the show and actually talking about the, the great work that they do uh, at the museum there. Um, and uh, yeah, one of the reasons why I also wanted to talk about it is because uh, we, we're continuing to sponsor. We've um, sponsored uh, this kids ambassador program for them so that they can actually carry on it's similar to the code of dojo uh, but i also volunteered <laughs> so uh, so i'm turning up as a mentor and, and doing some uh, scratch um work with them and python work and some of them are doing some html stuff and things like that so it's uh, it's pretty cool uh, to see some of these kids like really uh, excelling <laughs> in what they're doing over the, the summer break here so uh, yeah really looking forward to having them on on the show next week yeah, I'll I'll miss it because I I can't say why because I said I wouldn't mention it again. But yeah, I... <laughs> you're going out on a boat, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> no, I think that that'll be a super fun show. I I can't wait to hear what they have to say. And and you know, I think it's it's super super cool that you know kind of their mission and what they do. That that'll be a great uh, great topic. It's 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 just a great uh great initiative all around. I'm I'm this this is one of those like feel good shows for me where I'm like, yeah, this, I'll come out of this one feeling you know feeling good about like humanity, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you would absolutely love the museum as well. So um yeah you the the way you go around the museum you start off with some of the uh 
you know, World War Two, uh, like I say, Enigma machines and world's first calculators, which are, you know, the size of a room and <laughs> all that type of thing. And then you go through the decades and uh, it, the, the 80s stuff is just like super cool because it's like, yeah, I grew up with some of this. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You've got like Commodore Amiga 500 and uh, <laughs> the Atari 2600 and things like that. It's like, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah probably like a Tandy TRS-80 and, you know, all the stuff, all the good stuff, you know. Was, well, did you guys have Tandy uh, computers in England That's when you were not a kid? That one, but, uh, no, most of the kids when I grew up, we had Amstrad, which you probably didn't hear of. Mm-hmm. But do, do you know Sir Alan Sugar? He's a very rich guy over here. He's kind of like what Trump used to be before he became president. <laughs> He's yeah, multi-millionaire for several reasons. And he he has uh, AMS is like the first three letters of everything that he owned. There's there's all sorts of businesses and Amstrad was one of them. So he made a, a computer that competed. It was like a gaming machine, compete, competed with the Commodore 64. And uh, that's something. And it's like a 6128 version. Uh, which just had a bit more memory and, and things like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's. Hey, Chris. Okay. I mute Mark. Yeah, I muted him. <laughs> so Mark got a phone call. <laughs> I forgot to mute. But no, that's cool. That's 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 interesting. What? But the Commodore was a was a thing. I'm assuming there, yeah. like Commodore 64. I always thought the games on the Commodore were great. I had a. Tandy TRS-80, which was a little less powerful and you know a little more specialized uh, than the Commodore, but I, I loved playing games on 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 Commodore. I thought it was just uh, you know it was just it was the first time when I when I got to play with a computer like that that I was I just saw the possibilities of what we could potentially do, and all of a sudden here we are talking about it on a podcast. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is amazing, and that you know really sort of got me into programming as well because uh, when I had my my Amstrad used to buy a, a an Amstrad magazine every week and you know you have to type in all the type in all the code then the freaking thing wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But yeah, yep. It's, hilarious. it's hilarious we were joking about this because that stuff that's what some of these seven or eight year olds are learning is the first thing that they do when they're learning Python. It's like almost like that, you know, print hello world. <laughs> And then go to line 10, see it repeat on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, like Will, my, my youngest, he, he, he has uh, decided he wants to go into IT as a, as a career, which I thought was fascinating. And, uh, but he's, he's doing things right now. I mean, he's not really into, he's not coding yet or anything like that, but he's, you know, he's doing things like he's, he's using the inspect mode on the browser to, to hack into pages and change the background color or whatever, just basic stuff. But you know, I was like, dang, that's, that's really cool. It's, it's kind of interesting. And then Mark, I, at some point I want to talk to you about this as well with uh, like kids going into IT. Cause I know your son at least one point was either considering it or he's majoring in computer science or CIS. Um, and so I, I kind of want to, maybe we should do a show on that as well, just to, to understand. Cause I'm, I'm trying to go through the whole like university program and uh, you know, I posted something yesterday on Facebook, which I think offended everybody in Europe <laughs> about, uh, you know, just really understanding like university programs here, because here, I mean, universities, the cost to go to school can be very expensive. And, you know, I feel from what I've researched and just just in a, a few hours of just researching that I'm not sure that the university scene, at least at the major universities, are keeping up with what really is in demand. And, um, I'm trying to understand or trying to really give him some guidance on what to do and, and how to do it because I don't, 
you know, I want him to have the college experience. I want him to have the, you know, go to, go to a school and, and be there and be, you know, the football games and the, the band and do, do all the stuff that, that is, makes college the experience. But I also don't want to pay $150,000 for, you know, somebody to teach him stuff that was relevant in, you know, 1997. Uh, oh. so, so that's, that's the kind of conundrum I'm on now is I feel like a lot of the online universities are keeping up at a better pace and the, universities that are like major schools are kind of like, well, you've got a bunch of old crusty professors there and they're like, well, COBOL was good for me. It's good for you know, for you, you know, which is what I was told. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, um, I don't know, but we should do a show on it. Mark, am I, am I off base with that? Yeah. I've muted you by the way. Uh, uh, let me unmute you. No, I muted you when you were on your phone. Oh, sorry. Um, so yeah, you're not far off. I mean, like the special, you know, my son's taking C and C plus So it's not even like the even the the I would say new stuff, but it's foundational stuff. And well, I think you know, the, the, the way the, you, well, do, you get object oriented stuff, right? And you you know what a loop is, you know what an if statement is. That translates to any you know you can go anywhere exactly. and do anything with that, right? The concepts. And I, think, and I think you need to look at it that way. That he is going to come out of there with the foundations, but the, the job he's going to take may be in a language he's never touched before. Um, so I think the the key to doing computer science in college is internships. That's, I think that's the key. I think that's where they learn the relevant skills is by doing internships, whereas the actual classes will give them the foundations to be able to do that. And I think looking right. at that And one. that's something I did. I did an internship and, and it was great for me. Yeah, and my son works for us, so. And uh, yeah, it's working out well, actually. Yeah, that's sweet. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, Let, let's do let's plan on doing a show on this because I think it's I think it's relevant. Um, it might not be. I don't know if it's relevant in Europe. It is I, actually. I mean, uh, I, I I can only speak to uh, you know universities uh, actually when um, I was that age. So you just go back uh, quite a while now, twenty five years or so. But um, actually, it's quite relevant with my daughter who is fifteen and she's doing GCSEs, which is the exams you do. I think at your junior high <laughs> um so not not your high school so she's actually at high school what we call uh, high school so she's doing her exams here which are pretty important exams at that that level and one of them is uh yeah gcse uh, computing and she was actually disappointed because before the gcse she was learning yeah quite a lot of programming and things like that and she actually decided independently of me i had no influence whatsoever she wanted to do computing as one of her subjects and um she's learning all about uh, you know storage and um hardware most of the time and hardly doing anything software related at all and and i think that's been you know, she's just finding it boring and dull <laughs> she's just not into it um and she actually wants to be creative and 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 building something so you know i i think the uh, the, the curriculum is uh, is disappointing there but at the same time uh, i think the curriculum has perhaps been changed quite a bit due to the pandemic and homeschooling and, and that type of thing, where they've had to alter subjects, drop certain subjects from, from the curriculum in order to be able to homeschool better. <laughs> so uh, it could just be an element of that and not so much the actual GCSE uh, program. But, uh, so yeah, certainly a, a relevant discussion, I think. Yeah, well, cool. Show coming soon. <laughs> Two shows coming soon. We've lined up. We're yeah. getting good at talking about future shows. Yeah, we should, yeah. a show where we talk about next shows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mark, what's, what are you going to talk about on the next show? Well, I know we've Stephanie has a topic she wanted to discuss. Oh no, around. I thought you were going to talk about the conference and how well it went. 
Never gonna sweat conference. <laughs> yeah, I uh give me a few weeks to recover from that and then we'll talk about it, okay? Yeah. You know, before we wind down, I, I wanted to kind of bring in something I've been playing with a lot at work is is the um, Microsoft Teams app templates. Um I'll we'll try to put this actually in the show notes because it is fairly important, but Microsoft has published a set of I want to say it's probably like 50 or so GitHub projects. And it's for things like um, uh, like a co- there's a company communicator which allows you to send instant messages through Teams to uh, to to you know targeted employees or there's like a an icebreaker app to where if you're having a meeting you can do icebreakers and you know there's an issue reporting and incentives and you know all of these like 50 of these things and it's uh, you can search for Microsoft Teams app templates and it'll take you right to the to the page but. They've done a really good job of setting the foundation, and many of these work out of the box. Um, and and but the cool thing is that if they don't do exactly what you want them to do, you can just download the code from GitHub and then modify them any way you want, and then and then you know launch it, launch your app to do whatever whatever you need it to do. So it's um I think this is tremendously useful, and I haven't seen a lot of people talking about it. Or, or uh, really implementing this, but it, it's it's uh, I've been working with our Microsoft product guys, uh, you know, at least our account team, and uh, they say you know that they they have a lot of uptick with with uh, companies actually adopting this um, and 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 deploying it directly into into their environment. So they work out of the box, no problem. But if you want to customize them, you can feel free to. Now they're not supported, right? So if you download something. And you you deploy it and it breaks. It's kind of on you, but you do have they do release the code to you and you do have the code. Um, so you kind of have to treat them like a custom application, but that's okay. I think it's just a fantastic jump starter for these fifty or so type apps that that you can do. It's like uh, they've got like a celebration app. They've got a an appointment manager app or a, you know employee ideas apps. You can do ideation and things like that. So it's it's really um, I think it's awesome. I think it's a great little initiative, and and I haven't seen many people talking about them, so I wanted to mention them. Cool. We should have a show about that. We should. Let me let me get my first one implemented first, and maybe we'll <laughs> we'll have I'll have some uh, if from the field experience. <laughs> Well, and kind of a, a adjacent to that, they've also released something called the Teams Toolkit, and this is a plugin for Visual Studio Code, and it comes with a bunch of pre-built project templates. So you can create a bot or an app, and that app can be hosted in SharePoint or it can be hosted in Azure, and, and it kind of templatizes and takes all that through a wizard process to get those created. So I know that's and it sounds like it would go hand in hand with this because. If with these uh, these apps that I was talking about, you're going to have to download them and build them, right? You can't just take it and install it. You're going to have to actually build them. So that's something to take into account as well. Oh, man. So maybe your next Ignite session, like the, the quick hit session, instead of build a bot in 15 minutes, maybe you can do build a bot in nine minutes or eight minutes. Ooh, I'll, I'll wait until he's done time. that. Then I'll submit that same session following you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like, but it's cool. I mean, if anybody is out there, please let me know if you if you've installed these. I'd really like to understand your experience and and just from a knowledge uh, sharing uh, standpoint. But you can shoot us an email at info at techsplaining.net. I'd love to hear from you and and uh, at least share experiences and you know from the from the trenches kind of thing. And uh, maybe we could turn it into a show if if it's uh, if we find enough uh, pain or or learnings from it. I think it'd be a great a great thing to talk about. Yeah, we'd absolutely love to hear some show ideas from our listeners about you. What do you want to hear us talk about? You know, 
probably tired of hearing the, the other stuff, that the conference stuff I talk about. So yeah, I'll yeah. ask my mom. Let us listen, so see what she wants to. <laughs> ask your mom. <laughs> She's one Is of that what you said? I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> She's one of our three listeners. Cool. All right, guys. Well, it's it's been a great show, and and it was always great to catch up. And we wanted to catch Mark before he was, uh, you know, he was full in 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 conference mode and everything. So I know I know it's going to go well for you. Um, I know everybody's excited about it. It's always a great show. Um, so uh, best of luck next week. And we we know it's it's gonna it's gonna be your own autopilot. So it's just gonna you just gotta let it happen at this point, right? <laughs> yes. Just don't forget anything. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Well, All right. Don't, anybody don't has any questions? Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say, if anybody has any questions or comments about the show, please email us at info at techsplaining.net. And uh, until we get, I guess it sounds like we'll be coming at you next time from the uh, museum, from the computing museum in in, yeah. uh, in England. So we um, have a flurry of podcasts. Yeah. A Netflix style season release. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. And we will talk to you again. We'll uh, come at you again soon with a, with a new show. Thanks. Bye. Cheers. Take care.